You're about to listen to a message from Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. The Father's Church is an assembly of believers committed to revealing the fatherhood of Almighty God to this generation through sound biblical teachings and corresponding moral conduct. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill that purpose and live that life that God has originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. meditation just you know some thoughts that i trust the holy spirit has laid in my heart to share with us this morning and um the um orthodox churches will be observing the advent now the time where they you know just remember the coming of christ the birth of our lord and savior jesus and also reminded of uh preparing preparing people also to get ready for his second coming so it's the Christmas season, and um, we also are not unmindful of that season. <clears throat> and as we go to begin to look at the events that occurred at this time, part of what I feel we, you know, are to do is that um, we should, you know, take a step back and look at the things, the way this whole thing began. And um, what I have here written is that in every human endeavor, that one is involved in or gets involved in, it helps to grasp an understanding of how it began, how it began, why it began, you know, just to get an understanding. And interestingly, every time I read the book of Luke, if you come with me to Luke chapter 1, I noticed something just this morning in the same book. It says, Inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order, a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who were from the beginning, who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first. You can see he's referring to the beginning, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. You know, it's important we understand how, because how whatever it is started will help you understand how it continues. Am I right? The beginning will help you, will give you, you know, some advantage, some insight, you know, some, um, you know, uh, keys as to the way it operates. And when I, I looked at this, the Lord had to take me first to creation. And he says, tell, just remind yourself, why creation? Why creation? Praise the Lord. You know we're in this world, amen? How, how many of us even have bothered to ask themselves, how did I even appear? Or better still, how did this world appear? Who created the skies? How did it come about? And you know, these are some of the things that when you think about them, this song comes to mind. What a marvelous, what a marvelous, what was that song again? Marvelous, he has done marvelous things for me. What a marvelous, I'm not getting the rhyme. What a, 
Hey, just sing that part. That's the one that is. Uh -huh, you see? Hey, crazy. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, crazy. What a marvelous God. Yes. You know, he's just a wonder. Praise the Lord. He's just a wonder. He does wonderful things. So, Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. Revelation 4, 11 begins to tell us who, who, the who of creation. It says, you are worthy, O Lord. To what? Receive glory and honor and power. Why? It says, for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. This scripture should always be read in King James Version, please. Let's see the King James Version. It says, thou art worthy, O Lord. To receive glory and honor and power. Why? It says for thou. You see, I think anytime we are referring to God, we should use thou. If I use you for you, I shouldn't use you for God. Eh? For thou has what? Created how many things? All things. For thou, O Lord, had created how many things? All things. And for what? It says, and for thy they are and were created. So they were created not out of need, not out of necessity. That's why he can wrap it up whenever he wants. Praise the Lord, somebody. It's important to understand this thing. Why is the world, God created the world for himself, for his pleasure? Okay? And, 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 and some hundred, some hundred, I think we referred to it in one of the songs we sang here. Psalm 100 verse 3 reminds us, you can actually put from verse 1 to 3. Verse 1 to 3, it reminds us of some of the songs that we're trying to make us sing. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with what? Singing. Now verse 3, let's retreat together everybody. It said, know that the Lord, he is what? It is he who has, and not we... It is he who has what? And not we. He said we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So why we see, why creation, we see God created all that we see for his pleasure. Praise the Lord. So we are creations or creatures of God's pleasure. Praise the Lord. And then this Psalm 100 verse 3 reminded us where and who owns it. He says this is the owner. It is he who has made us. Message makes it clearer. Can you give us a message translation? Message says, know this. God is God and God. God. How many God do you see there? God is God and God. And you see another God. Full capital letter. And then he says what? He made us. We didn't make him. Somebody needs to be reminded. Praise the Lord. He did what? He made us. We didn't make him. So who? Who did it? Who created it? God. Why did he do it? For his pleasure. Now what we are going to dwell on a bit this morning is the how. Because that how continues to be a pattern. And we are going to see from Jeremiah 32 verse 17. I've told us that Jeremiah is from the southwest of Nigeria. I, 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 if you search the, 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 the records of Jeremiah, you'll continue to see a phrase repeated there. What do you see? Ah. Ah. You keep seeing him say ah. <laughs> so we see one here. Let's read together everybody. It says, ah, Lord God. 
No, we didn't say dwell. We didn't say where. Ah, uh-huh. Let me, I, I, let me. No, you're not saying it well. Tobe, come and show them. Ah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So it says, ah, Lord God, behold what? This is another one that needs King James. Please, King James Version. Ah, Lord God, behold what? Thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and outstretched arm. And there is what? Nothing too hard for thee. Praise the Lord. I'm just trying to take time to lay this foundation because in this season, as we enter the season of Christmas, if you miss, if you miss the truth and the understanding of the miraculous nature of your God, you miss everything. Praise the Lord. You see, as children, we celebrated Christmas. We know the things we look forward to. And as you grow, it begins to change. And at some point, it becomes almost like a season of, you know, expenditures and responsibilities and, you know, timelines and all of that. But we have to get into the, you know, the, 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 the groove of what it's all about. God is mighty. God is awesome. God is wonder-working. Behold, our Lord God, that has what? Created the heavens and the earth by thy what? Great power and our straight hand. And he says, nothing is too hard for you. So these things talk about creation. We are talking about the Genesis now. Genesis from chapter 1. So it, talk, it tells us about creation. And we say creation indeed is a wonder. Praise the Lord. Oh yes, it's a wonder. Can you just give us Genesis chapter 1 please? 1 from verse 1 to 3. Creation is a wonder. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. 2. It says, And the earth was what? Without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Verse 3 says, And then God said, Let there be light. And what happened? There was light. If you, if you know the distance between what was in verse 2 and what is in verse 3, you begin to understand and appreciate the awesomeness of our God. And the earth was what? Without form and void. Some, I think, um, message, can you give us the message of verse 2? It says it was a soup of nothingness, a bottomless emptiness, an inky blackness. This man should be English. Are you seeing it? He said, but God spoke. Light. And what happened? Light appeared. How as bad as it was, this is how easy it was to God to bring order. Praise the Lord, somebody. As bad as it was, this is how easy. It was for God to introduce order. That is what we see in creation. Creation is a wonder. However, recreation is a greater wonder. Praise the Lord. Creation, recreation, creation is a wonder. Recreation is what? A greater, greater wonder. Okay? The Bible uses the word great, not uh, uh, um, you know, carelessly. And there's a word that is used twice. Great mystery. Great mystery. And each time those words was used, the combination of the, the, those words were used, they were talking about something which I want us to see this morning. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. First Timothy 3 16 says, And without controversy, 
What is this? Great is what? The mystery of godliness. What is this thing that the Bible is calling great mystery? What is it? It said God was what? Manifested in the flesh. We can't stop there. It says, and without what? Controversy. Great is the mystery of godliness. So as awesome as creation is, there is a greater marvel. Hallelujah, somebody. There's a greater marvel. And what is that greater marvel? That God was manifested in the flesh. You see, it is easy or easier to take a piece of bread, okay, and pieces it. We have, you know, some consultants in bread here. If you give me a loaf of bread now, I can take it and scatter it all over this uh, uh, um, um, altar or stage or whatever we call it. Okay? Now, tell somebody... To take the same piece of bread and compress it to pass through the eye of a needle. Can it be accomplished? What I'm trying to say is this. It is easier to expand. It is easier to scatter. For God, it says, great is the mystery of godliness. For God was what? Manifested in the flesh. What it took for God to enter the womb of Mary. If you begin to ponder it, your Christianity will be transformed. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Great. The Bible doesn't use great. And it says great is the without controversy. Great. And what was that great? That God was manifested in the flesh. The angels wondered. That's why the choir that sang only in the spirit had to manifest in the physical at the birth of Jesus. Because the, the heavens could not believe that the Jesus they know could be compressed in a baby. That's why the Bible says a, a multitude of heavenly choir. They were singing. They, 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 loved, they lost themselves in exaltation, in praise. The chorus went out. It permeated heaven and had to break through earth. Why? Because God was what? Manifested in the flesh. This is the beginning of our Christianity. Is somebody hearing me? I'm just going, I want to make a simple point and then we'll pray and we'll go. The second time it was used, Ephesians 5.32, second time. This is the Apostle Paul writing now. And he was talking about marriage, something as simple as marriage. Ephesians 5, please. 32. So, as simple as marriage. And what does he say again? He said, this is what? A great mystery. What, what other mystery do, do we see here? He said, marriage. So, this Christ will marry me. Praise the Lord. The same way we are talking about husband and wife. I do, I did, I did. You know, he says, Christ becomes the husband of the church. He said, this is another word. Great mystery. Now, brethren... If we understand this, and I trust we will by the help of the Holy Spirit, we'll begin to see that with that foundation, the tricky and difficult and thorny issues in Christianity, you will have them as they walk over in the name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. What are we trying to say? How did this great thing happen? First of all, it began... You know, I, I, I wanted to jump that, but the Lord took me back. It began by prophecy. Genesis 3.15, you can put that on the screen. After man fell, God looked at the serpent and said, Well, 
I'll put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall what? Bruise his heel. That was how it began. And as the scriptures unfolded, what was happening was a preparation for this man, this seed of the woman. That's why part of the name of Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is called is what? The seed of the woman. The whole thing that was happening, all that thing of Jacob, all that thing of, you know, uh, 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 the Amalekites trying to kill the children of Israel, all of that was trying to abort this plan. And then until Isaiah 9, 6, Isaiah gave us a clear word concerning this. Let's have Isaiah 9, 6. What does it say? It says, for unto us, what is happening? A child is going to be born. But this child won't just be a child. This child is going to be a son who was existing somewhere. Is somebody getting in there? Unto us a child is born. Mary is going to bring forth a child. A virgin is going to bring forth a child. But this child was a son somewhere. That's why the second line says, Unto us heaven. To the earth heaven will give a son. Is someone getting in there? And he says, And the government will be upon his shoulders. And his name will be called, a uh, uh, message will say, and his royal, one of the translations, I don't know if it says, and his royal titles will be, message says, amazing. Praise the Lord. You know, when, when, when the Bible says, when the Bible says, preach Christ, when the Bible says, learn Christ, when the Bible says, follow Christ, if you don't understand some of these things, Christ will be to you another name after Peter. Is someone with me this morning? Christ will be to you just another name. You know, James, John, Christ, and all of that. No. <clears throat> Excuse me. When you understand the things that went in there, the name he's called was not something to address him. It was the things he will manifest. This will be his names. Wonderful. It means at any place where he is, anything he's involved in, what will be happening there? A few people got it. If he is wonderful, the Bible says, Christ in you, what is the word? Hope of glory. <laughs> Excuse me. Anybody having Christ in him ought to be experiencing wonders. Are you with me? That's why it says, whatsoever you ask the Father in my word, name, the life of Christ, the person of Christ, the acceptance of Christ, the Bible says, he that is in Christ is what? A new creation. All things have what? Passed away. All things have become new. What do you call that? It is a wonder. And it doesn't stop on the first day you become born again. It is a continuous continuum. It becomes, it should become your experience continually. As long as that name, Jesus, can come out from your lips. That is why for somebody here, for some of us that have experienced it, have you could be in a dream and they have finished you. One thing that they will not let you do in that dream is call the name Jesus. So you're trying to call it. Everything is keeping the name from coming out. But finally you succeed and say, Jesus, what happens? It's end of story. You know why? Because that name, like the song says, that name Jesus, it carry what? It carry weight. That name Jesus, it carries power. It's not a joke. It's wonderful. Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. 
So, so th- th- these things give us the background, the background. Now, when we now come to the fulfillment, we, we begin to see that they, they, they expect us to flow, to grow, to go in this understanding. So when somebody says, I am a Christian, you're simply saying you believe in wonders. Praise the Lord. No, you can't be a Christian and be, be, be restricted to the natural way things happen. Because by the very fact that you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you have believed that God became flesh. Are you with me? By the very fact that you believe in Jesus, you have believed that a virgin conceived. Hallelujah. Now, that virgin that conceived is not the mother of God. That virgin that conceived is Mary, a fellow saint. And if Mary can conceive miraculously and bring forth a holy thing called Jesus, you in your own direct area can conceive of the Holy Spirit and bring forth a wonder. That's, that's, you see, Christmas is, is a, a season, an opportunity for us to reset our faith. How many of us have had our phones do hard reset or, you know, it, it brings you back to factory setting. You, I cannot, you know, uh, uh, prosecute my Christian life successfully if I don't come back and sit down at the back of Christmas, how it began to happen. And because of time, I know we are going to have time to, you know, spend on a lot of this. I just want us to look at the case of even um, Zacharias. And from verse 5 of Luke chapter 1, we read verse 1 to 4. Verse 5, it says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. This couple were the persons that were used to break a season of inactivity in the land of promise for over 400 years. From the last time Malachi prophesied, there had been no word from the Lord. It was a dark, dark season. And in that dark season, a lot of things had gone wrong. The, the religious establishment had become corrupt. They had established themselves in traditions and left, you know, took the commandments of God just on face value. There was no love of God. There was no justice. There was no mercy. That's why our Lord Jesus had such a struggle with them. Okay? Because years had passed. 100 years, 200 years, 300 years. There was no fresh revelation. Indeed, it was that season that the Bible says there will be a scarcity of the word of God. A famine of the word of God. It was in the midst of that situation that they introduced to us Elizabeth and Zacharias. And the name, the, 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 the name uh, Zacharias means Jehovah has remembered the name elizabeth means god my oath okay so with those two people we are told we are reminded that no matter how dark the environment is child of god god is working praise the lord god is what working and no matter how the group no matter how the multitude no matter how the majority falters god is still seeing individuals I think that is a lesson every Christian, we should take for granted for every Christian. But unfortunately, we don't succeed in doing that. Everybody is not a word in the Christian language. You know why? 
under Noah's, if I, I did statistics in the university, in Noah's time, you could have said everybody perished because the population of those that were saved is infinitely too small to count in statistics. Are you hearing me? It could have been said the whole world was what? Destroyed by the flood. But you and I know that eight people were saved. Because the majority, if you did the mathematics of eight over the number that was destroyed, it would, be, it would disappear. The same way we see Elizabeth and Zacharias. And the few people, you know, spots here and there. We see Simeon, we see Anna. I hope we're going to have time to look at this one. And we see that in this season of darkness, there were persons who held on to the faith. And heaven was aware of them. I pray that in this season, heaven will be aware of you. No matter what is happening in the church, no matter what is happening in our nation, no matter what is happening in our time, God still counts names. Thank God the Bible didn't say, I have your numbers inscribed upon the palms of my hands. In that situation, he knew Elizabeth and he knew Zechariah. And the story gets more interesting because verse 6 says, these two people, let's read verse 6 together everybody. It says, these two people were what? They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, what? Blameless. These people were bearing witness to something that is under attack today. Listen to me, brothers and sisters. God said, like we, we, we started with the foundation. God spoke to a, a what, what, what the uh, message called it? Super of nothingness. Mass of what? What, what are those names again? Hook, but, bottomless, inky blackness. You like that one? You're very fair. You know, God spoke to that and light came. Praise the Lord. Now, if God says to you, be perfect as I'm perfect, why are you saying it's impossible? If God says, be holy as I'm holy, why are you saying it's impossible? You don't understand. God needs to understand. Open book, let's teach it. In the midst of that, this is the testimony of Zacharias and Elizabeth. It says both of them were righteous before God, not even before men. Both of them were walking in some of the commandments. Is that what it says? How many? All the commandments and ordinances of the Lord. And what? Blameless. Somebody say amen. amen. Say it is possible. In the name of Jesus, we cast down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God's word and Christ. It is possible because we have the witness here. He said that we are blameless. Now to take it you know, further because of time. Verse 7 says, and this is the testimony they had. What was their testimony? They had three sets of triplets. Hallelujah. They had the biggest mansion in the city. Is that what he said? He said these two, blameless, walking in righteousness, they had no child because Elizabeth was what? Barren. And this thing was not for 10 years. Um, I think it's King James that says streaking, advanced in age. And then some translation says that age has dealt with them. This is what they were. They had become stricken in age. And the very desire 
of their hearts had not been granted. Yet they were righteous. They were blameless. This is the things that happened at the foundation of our faith. So, sir, why will you be discouraged when you know in your heart that you are right with God, but things around you don't look like they should be? Why will you faint? Why will you faint? I say we look at the foundation so that we can learn the patterns. Thank God, you know, I always say I love the Bible. It's, it's God's, God breathed God. Thank God they gave us their testimony first. Because if they said they were barren, would have been suggesting, you know, like someone said, I had somebody, I don't know if so, any of you had heard that. Someone said, you know, a preacher, that the reason the devil attacked Job was that he wasn't paying tithe. Someone would have said these people didn't give prophetic offering. Somebody may, you know, all kinds of things. But we see here that in spite of their being pleasing to God, they could not understand their circumstance. That's what I'm trying to say. You came to church, you're listening to me, and right now you can't understand what is happening to you. You can't understand your finances. You can't understand your family. You can't understand your health. You can't understand some things that are happening around you. Child of God, you're in good company. Is someone hearing me? You're in good company. We cannot conclude. This is the dispensation. What we see in Elizabeth and Zechariah is a transition. I'm going to explain why it's a transition. It's a transition between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Listen, in the Old Testament, God had to settle every matter here. Because the records were going to be completed. So those who God was pleased with, God made sure he blessed them here. Are you with me? Those who God was not pleased with, you see that they were judged with quick death or something like that. But as we transit into the new, a confusion comes in. And we're going to see a scripture. First Corinthians 4 verse 5, please. Put it on the screen for us. Let's read it. And you can put... Um, okay, let, let's, let's start from the King James. First Corinthians 4 5. Let's read together, everybody. What does it say? It says, therefore, do what? Judge nothing before the... Until the Lord comes, who will do what? Both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the heart. Then each one's praise will come from God. Therefore, tell your neighbor, therefore, don't judge before the time. This is, this is what, you know, the transition. In the Old Testament, it wasn't like that. Everything, I mean, you, you give a few years, you give some years, you see what God is doing. But from the new, we have James, beloved apostle, beheaded. It, 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 it got worse. Or it gets closer. We have John the Baptist. You know, when you read the Bible, do you pause and think? Praise the Lord. Do you think Jesus, the son of God, could not have gone and brought John the Baptist's head? And say, where did they keep his body? Just like he asked for Lazarus' body. And gone there and just put the head back. And say to him, cousin, let's go. You never thought about that. Praise the Lord. You never thought about that. 
He's God. He's God. He put the ear of Malchus back. It's the same surgery. He'll pick the head of John the Baptist, find the body and join it. He had the power. Okay? But what happens is this. Because in the New Testament, there is a kingdom that is coexisting. From the time the Son of God came to the earth, you see, earth and heaven became mingled. So some things happen here that you can't see completely until you peep into heaven. Is someone with me this morning? Some things are occurring here that you can't. That's what he's saying. Don't judge. In another place, it says, it says, set your heart where Christ is, where your life is. He said, when he appears, then you will see. So we are living here, but all of me is not here. In fact, you know, every one of us is operating a domiciliary life account. One is domiciled in heaven. Is someone hearing me this morning? You are here, but you have a dumb account. You have a life there. That's why the apostle, uh, um, uh, um, uh, our brother, Apostle Michael, was talking about spiritual children. So you may be lonely here, but you have multitude of children there. And from time to time, you can gaze into the spirit and see the fruit of your life. Are we together? Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. So, the Bible said, they were barren and stricken in age. It gets more interesting. Verse 8 says, so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, what is happening here now is this. This is for me and for you. Zacharias could easily be excused from serving as priest because number one, he was stricken in age. I think the service age was um, either from 25 or to about 70, I can't, I can't remember. But there's a season where you actually are mandated to serve if you know, you're in the lineage. He could have been excused because he was old. He could have used old age as an excuse and say no more. Or as a cover for his frustration. Because listen, brothers and sisters, it's not easy. That's why the Bible will admonish, admonish us and say, do not grow weary in well-doing. You know why? Because we're, we're, we're easy to grow weary in well-doing. I, I, I wonder, people who are doing bad don't grow weary. I wish APC would just grow weary in bad doing. I wish the politicians in Nigeria would just grow weary in their corruption and just decide, let us just be good. Praise the Lord. You see, but the Bible doesn't tell us that. It says, let him that still, still continue to steal. But those that are doing good, those are the ones that the Bible says, don't grow weary. It's the people who are doing good that grow weary. Have you noticed it? He said, do not grow weary in well-doing. Why? Because you don't know the hour. You don't know the season. And that's what he tells us here. I, I, I looked at it and they said, for this man, Zechariah, 
he had only once in a lifetime opportunity of going into the Holy of Holies. Could it be? I don't know. You know, we learned some time ago that, you know, in the volume of God's book, my days are scheduled. How many of us remember we learned that here? Okay. Could it be in the volume of God's record that the schedule was on the day Zechariah served as high priest? That's when Gabriel would meet him. Could it be that what if Zechariah said, I'm tired? This God, how long? Can't you see me? Look at my wife. Look at those neighbors. We know how bad they are. Look at those people. We know how terrible they are. Look at those people. We see all the type of nonsense that they did. And you're blessing them. Just like the psalmist was, you know, confused and angry. When he considered the prosperity of the wicked. Can't you see them? Look at their children. Look at everything around them. God, I don't understand. I'm not serving again. If, if, if he did that, he would have been reasonable. It would have been difficult to cancel him. It would have been difficult to admonish him. But in the volume of his book, it was written that Gabriel will meet him in the Holy of Holies. It was a once in a lifetime. Every priest, every of them had that opportunity once in their lifetime. Thank God. Somebody say thank God. That he, on the day of his visitation, was not found wanting. Was not looked for and not found. You know, towards the end of the year, there's a spirit of stupor that comes upon Christians. And that's why you don't hear me preaching anything before 31st. I, we've gone past that level. We're preaching 11th hour miracle. Which, if, if anything that is done for you now, you need it to be repeated next day. So I don't want it to 11th hour. I want it continuous. I want to continually dwell in his goodness. Is somebody getting me? If you set your focus on that, you don't understand the eternalness of God. This, the things we're involved in, are, they don't finish. It's like rent. How many of us paid rent last day? Has the landlord forgotten you? <laughs> it's like rent. You, don't, you know, when you finish paying rent, don't jump too much because they're going to pay another one. Okay, that's why God will bless you with your own homes. In the name of Jesus. And then we talk about school fees. You finish paying school fees. Say, ah, hallelujah, there is holiday. Before you know it, three weeks will pass. There will be resumption. So, th- th- these things never expire. Anyway, so, 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 Zechariah was found where he should be. And in that place, the Bible tells us, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him, that is verse 11, and began to speak to him. We're going to leave this text now, and I'll just go to analysis so we can pray. What I've come to, you know, just briefly, you know, stir our minds to this morning is this. Child of God. Anybody who is a Christian, and I'm talking to Christians alone this morning. Anybody who is in this relationship, you know, that we call Christianity with God. Must know that it began with a miracle. Whether we are talking of the creation of the physical world. Whether we are talking of your salvation. You and I know. That we being, I, I can speak for myself. My being born again is a wonder to me. Not just based on how it happened, 
But based on what I've seen around me and based on people I know who are not born again yet, who I think are better than me, I know it's a wonder. Praise the Lord. I know it's a miraculous thing that God did for me. Okay? And this thing, miraculous thing that God did for me, until I know and expect that God will continue to do miraculous things to sustain me. What did I say? To do what? To sustain me in it. I will not make progress in it. And that's where a lot of Christians miss it. After we become Christians, we think our labor, we think our strength, we think we are left alone. But what you don't know is that the God who began the good work in you is what? Is faithful, will be faithful to do what? To perform the same miraculous work until you see him. However, if you don't have that understanding, you will struggle. Adventure, I don't know the sermon, I don't know the priest, I don't know the counselor Zachariah is listening to. But whoever he listened to must have told him, Behold, he comes. Whoever was his preacher, encourager, must have told Zacharias, don't give up on God. If somebody, whoever he was listening to, must have told him, this God, when you can't trace him, still trust him. Whoever he was listening to, must have told him, listen, you're old, all of that, but I don't know what to tell you, just keep on keeping on. Until somebody who is a Christian begins to expect extraterrestrial intervention in his life. He can't live this life well. Listen, you can't do business in Nigeria as a Christian and obey God and please God if you don't believe in miracles. It's not possible. What can, what can you do as a Christian if you don't believe in miracles? That's why people are so frustrated. Because they just look inside. They look inside. And motivational speakers will tell you, look inside, look inside. No, we don't look inside. We look to him. Say they look to him and what? They were radiant. And their faces were not ashamed. The psalmist said, I'll lift up my eyes. I look around. We've said it here. You're a young lady. Listen, you see, you're trusting God for a life partner. How did God start the work in you? Did you find the Holy Spirit? Or the Holy Spirit found you. He found you, Abby. If the Holy Spirit found you, is it a man that can't find you? Do you have to be wearing mini and dancing in the club for a man to find you? It's a simple thing. Child of God, the Christian has come to say, I believe in miracles. Not just, I believe it, you know, we learned without we believe in last time. I expect what? Miracles. So when we come here and we say, be humble, don't love money. It's not, don't enjoy money. You don't pursue it, but you trust him to bless you. You trust him to come through. When the Bible says, humble yourselves. It didn't say, bury yourself and be finished. It said, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Is that the end? Is that the end? What does it say? That what? He may what? Exalt you in due season. The key word there is due. There can, there's an exaltation of wrong season. 
I've told you a story here. A man and his wife went to the supermarket. And the man was owing the wife. And in this supermarket, the wife now went shopping, just picking everything she could see. So the man got to the counter and paid the wife all the money that he was owing her. Some of us don't get it. At the counter, he just said, ah, honey, say I was owing you so amount. This is the money I was owing you. That is a payment that is not in due season. That's the, wrong, that's the type of season you say, continue owing me. <laughs> Do you understand? God says, humble yourself under my mighty hand. And I'm looking at your life. I'm looking at your path. I know when to lift you. I know when I lift you, it will be from glory to glory. I don't want to lift you and you fall again tomorrow. That's the experience of many of us. We struggle, we get somewhere, and then we fall again. We struggle, we get somewhere. No, the path of the just is as a shining light. How does it go? It shines brighter and brighter and brighter onto the perfect. That's what he wants to do. That's what he wants to do. Do you know as, as stressful as David's life was, the moment after that Ziklag fight, the man entered into a peace and a settlement. Why? Because God had made him king. And he could only get better. Do you know Solomon fought no war? Why? Because when God does a thing, if you keep coming back, it keeps getting better. But when we do it ourselves, that's where they struggle. That's why some of us, you look at some of us, we're, we're looking haggard and harassed. We need to enter, we need to sit back and have Christmas in our hearts. Christmas is a wonder. Listen to me. Christmas is what? A wonder. And that wonder is not in Bethlehem. That wonder is supposed to be in your life. That's what it is. I'm a Christian means I believe in wonder. I started with wonder. I expect wonder. So when the Bible says, forgive those who wronged you, it shouldn't be easy. Do you understand? But it's a wonder how you can forgive someone who wronged you. And the pain, you know, that was so heavy. All of a sudden, God breathes upon it. And it gives you a peace that is beyond understanding. It gives you a joy. At the, you begin to understand the scripture that says, out of your bellies shall flow what? Rivers. You know, you, when you drink, it gets into your belly and shakes you. But God's shaking is that it comes out from your belly. And then the shaking is dispersed everywhere. Do you understand what? You begin to diffuse. You see, I, I, I'm just trying to explain to us and bring to us that the faith we belong to is what? A wonder. It's a wonder. It's not, it's not explainable. I hope I'm not trying to explain it. I'm declaring it as basically as I can. That the Christian knows that the things God is asking me to do, I can't do one plus one and I understand it. So I trust and obey. And when I trust and obey, I experience. That's why the song will say, uh, 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 um, was it? I go to worship my God and then what? He go to do one for me. That, that's the life of the Christian. I just obey him. I just trust him. How can a man, how can a man, listen, as I was preparing this, the, the Lord reminded me, my wife and I, we got married at 24 years. Unbelievers. We were, you know, the way people are, are, are cutting now, they go to prayer meeting and they're sharing scripture. It was club that where, club was our, free, we frequented club. 
She was almost eight months pregnant and she was dancing this dance that people were wondering. What's that dance again? Do you understand? But, 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 but what I'm trying to say is this. 28 years now, the people, my colleagues then, one of my colleagues in the bank then, who you know, came to the church about seven years ago, told, confessed to my wife, they didn't tell me. Said that they were waiting some better two years, three years, this marriage will scatter because these people don't know what they're doing. But little did they know that after our craziness, no, no, don't clap here. That even though we met as unbelievers, Christ came into our hearts. And when Christ came into our hearts, a wonder happened. That a young man who didn't know his right from his left, and a young man who didn't know, could stay married joyfully, faithfully, for 27, 28 years now counting. Christianity is a wonder. That is what I'm trying to say. It is a wonder. That is what will explain a man, he doesn't have money, but he has joy. Because in his heart, the throne of Christ is there. And because Christ is there, wonderful things, amazing things happen. The Bible says, better is a dinner of herbs where there is love than fatted calf where there is strife. Christianity is a wonder. You see, what is, it's frustrating when I see Christians who have it and are looking for what is outside. The people outside, if they get a bit of what he says, we carry this treasure. Every Christian is carrying a treasure. But if you don't appreciate it, you will miss it. I'm telling you, it's a treasure. Christianity is beautiful. I'm telling you, anyhow you look at it, you know, the, the, the Bible says some things and we just gloss over it and we don't understand how powerful they are. What about the sick? You know, we don't say too much about it here. But listen, lay hands on the sick and they recover. Now, I know naturally it's easier to believe that if you take Panadol, it will enter into your body. Eh? Which you don't know whether it's the one that my brothers are making at Onicha Bridgehead. Eh? But, you see, you have taken something and then you expect that it will work. Okay? But if you're a Christian and you believe, I, I, I want to, I said it's a conversation we have. If you're a Christian and believe that a messenger of God appeared to a virgin and said you're going to bring forth, she didn't have a dream. Eh? The angel did not touch her. Are you with me? She just said, be it unto me according to your word. And nine months later, a child is born. Do you believe that? Maybe we need to pray to believe that. Because if you believe that, that is true, then laying hands is too far. The Bible says he sent his word. And what did he do? He healed them and delivered them from, why don't you believe the word? Why don't you even read it from the Bible and close it and say, I've read it. It's mine. I'm healed. I'm no longer afraid. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm delivered. My future is settled. How do you know? He said, I read it. And somebody say, ah, just that reading matter. Now, tomorrow the government will announce something. Say it's now declared public holiday. How do you know public holidays? Does the sun change? What do you say? I heard it. 
Isn't it? Or I read it. Isn't that what you do? Now, you believe the government that doesn't know what it's doing. But the word that we understand that by this word, the heavens and the earth were created. When will you come to believe it? When will you come to believe? When will you come? All I'm asking is for those who have begun. For those who say they are Christians. you, 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 You must stand on this faith. You must stand on this faith. You must stand in believing the miraculous. His name is called Wonderful. He answered Gideon and said, why, why, why do you ask my name? Seeing that it is wonderful. You, you can't comprehend it. He said to Moses, I am that I am. Which means anything you feel me in, I'm able. If I say I am Mighty, I limit myself. I'm mightier than mighty. If I say I'm the God that passed the rest, I limit myself because I bring water out of the rock. And I bring, you see, everything you can think of, child of God, your faith, your faith guarantees you that. Let's rise on our faith. This morning, I, I, just, I, just, I just want you to know how blessed you are if you're a Christian. And somebody is coming, is here now, and there are burdens and stresses and, you know, pressures. And all kinds of things upon you. Like the song says, I think it's falling in love. In his arms. You, you need to know his embrace. Jesus wants to embrace you so that you, you, all your fears, all your worries can be cast away. Why, why should I sorrow? Why should I be downcast? The songwriter sang. He said, put your hope in God. Our Lord Jesus thought, he says, after all these things, the Gentiles, it burdens them, it weighs them down. But you have a father. Do you know the, 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 okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. I wrote something here. He said our struggle and difficulty in trusting and obeying God is as a result of our limited understanding of the awesomeness of his power. Isn't it? But we're reading the stories now. We're reading the accounts. He will make a way. Like we learned, he's already made the way. He's coming. The awesomeness of his power. The limitlessness of his options. The reason someone is really afraid now is that this option, this option, I can't see it coming to pass. But who told you he doesn't have another option? The children of Israel, they looked around and they said, before us is the sea. Behind us is Pharaoh. On two sides are mountains. We are trapped. We are done for. Little did they know that Jehovah had what? His way in the sea. You don't know all his options. So this morning, open up your heart. You're a Christian. Praise the Lord. Even today, tell him, Lord, you can. Last night at the prayer meeting, our brother was praying, and he was saying by 2023, thank God for praying in the Holy Ghost. When I'm praying for Nigeria, I'm not waiting for 2023. Every day I wake up, I'm waiting for that change. 2023, with what is happening, 
Today is the day of salvation. If I don't see by tonight, tomorrow I continue. I'm waiting for God's intervention. You know why? He's mighty to save. He's mighty to deliver. He doesn't need an election to change a government. Things are difficult in our country. So I expect wonders. He's the, one, he's the God that intervenes in the affairs of men. There's nothing wrong with him, but I believe him so much that if it happens, I won't even be surprised. And that's what happens to me. I believe God so much that when the event actually takes place, I move on. The limitlessness of, of his option. Sister, God has options you could not fathom. The eternalness of his plans. Zacharias and Elizabeth. They will not understand. I've told us here. Part of the reason Sars and Mars. Why Elizabeth and Zacharias had to wait. Was that they hadn't found Mary and Joseph. And another reason in the wisdom of God. Was that God knowing also. That John the Baptist is going to be beheaded. These parents were dead before John the Baptist was beheaded. They would have been burying their son. So by the time John the Baptist was 30 something years old. Those people would have clocked 140 or 130 something. So they were buried. So they just received John the Baptist in heaven. The eternalness. Let me say the eternalness. The eternalness of his plans. In the New Testament, we begin to see that what God is doing, he has blended time with eternity. So some of your prayers are all, some situations somebody is praying about. When heaven looks at it, it all fits into the earthly plan. So they answer you. But some of us, what God is doing in our lives involves eternity. So when you pray for it to go this way, they check it. They say, if we go, if we allow him, if we bless him, unquote, in this direction, it will throw him out of the eternal agenda. So there is a constraint. Just like the Bible says, that Joseph, his feet remained in stock until his word. What they were waiting was for Pharaoh, the season to come for them. If they released him earlier, he would have gone back to, 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 to Canaan. The eternalness of his plan. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. That I'm in part of your eternal agenda. Praise the Lord. Another one, you know, the unsearchableness of his wisdom. But the last one is the soreness of his love. <laughs> Did you hear me? The soreness. I didn't find a word. And the Holy Spirit said, for God's soul. Say the soreness. The God who sent his son, listen, no matter how much I love you, Pastor Go, you know I love you dearly, eh? and I released my wife to go and stay with you sometime in the hospital in the UK. How long did you stay? Two weeks. It would have been easier for me to give her one million than to ask my wife to go and stay with her. Now, she went and stayed for weeks and came back. It's easier for God to give you anything you're asking him for now than for him to release his son Jesus to you. That's why the Bible says, he that did not withhold his only son. That's why kidnapping is such big business. It's not something that's that taking human beings. 
They take human beings and a family that can't feed will sell their ancestral land. God allowed man kidnap his son. So that when man holds his son as a ransom, you and I can come back to him. And I will not trust that God. Can you play for me? I will worship you forever. Love you forever because this God. This morning, I just want, as we enter the Christmas season, I want you to enter into the awesomeness of His Lord. I, I want you to, to bring your faith to match with His goodness. I want you to bring your joy, your expectation, your assurance. Your confidence. You are a Christian. You are the chosen of God. You are the righteousness of God. You are the blessed of God. He has plans for you. He has begun a work in you. He has parted the Red Sea for you. He has done all manner of things for you. And you think he will stop? He won't stop. He won't stop. He never stops. He never stops. He is that faithful. He is that reliable. He is that dependable. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I worship you. I worship you. I trust in you. I want you to talk to him. From your heart. Settle some issues. Let that doubt go. Let that question go. Let that uncertainty go. The God of the Christian, the God of Christmas, He's my Savior. He's my Lord. He's my love. thank you Father we thank you I, I would have wanted us to pray but I think our time is gone and um, I'll just let, let us have the scripture Hebrews 13 verse 5 and 6 and part B of 5 says he himself has said he himself has said I will never leave you nor forsake you look at verse 6 Verse 6 says, So I may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. He's coming for you. He's coming to save. He's coming to deliver. Let's appreciate the Lord. We are sure you have been blessed. 
We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, off Bannex Guarampa Expressway, near next Cash and Carry, Abuja, 9 a.m. Sunday and 6 p.m. Wednesday. Call us on 070-31588-404. You can also find us online on our website, www.thefatherschurchonline.org. Facebook, facebook.com slash thefatherschurch. Our Twitter handle, at tfatherschurch. Also on Instagram. God bless you.